I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast and our World Cup preview. It's finally here, uh, World Cup 2022. We've been waiting for it for four years, but basically four and a half years because of uh, no summer competition. And here we are in the the late fall and before you know it, it'll be winter. Uh, So this is our comprehensive guide to exploring all the different ways you can watch uh, and listen to the World Cup. Uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to World Soccer Talk before, um, that's our area of uh, focus and specialty is covering the game in terms of all the viewing options, uh, talking about the, t- the television coverage, uh, radio coverage, uh, basically the soccer media business. My name is Christopher Harris, and I'm joined today by Kartik Krishnaya. So Kartik, before we go into the TV details and streaming details and 4K and, and radio and highlights and all, everything that uh, kind of revolves around the World Cup, let's talk about, first of all, um, it's, I mean, it has been four and a half years since uh, the 2018 World Cup, but what for you are you most looking forward to in this tournament and what are you least looking forward to? Well, I, as someone who's not really looking forward to the tournament, who's uh, annoyed by the disruption to the club season uh, that we, we've got uh, outside of some lower divisions, um, I, I guess the thing I'm most looking forward to is watching Wales and watching the championship players or players that I've watched in the championship in the second uh, division in England uh, that really comprise the backbone of that Welsh team. I know the headlines are garnered by... Uh, people like Gareth Bale, who've been uh, global superstars, and Aaron Ramsey, a previous superstar. But the backbone of that team, even if they're playing in the Premier League or other places now, uh, honed in the lower divisions of of English uh, of English football. So that's what I'm really excited about. The thing I'm least interested in or least excited about is the U.S. men's national team chatter, which I put off to the side. Uh, I've tried to uh, compartmentalize it somewhere away from me and. While I would normally like to see the United States, which is my country, do well in any World Cup or any major international competition, the 
unrealistic expectations and the toxicity of the U.S. men's national team fan base is making it very possible, very difficult for me to actually um, to actually be enthused about them. You then couple that with them being in a group with Wales, who I've talked about already, and England, who I mean, I, I basically know the English players probably better on a week-to-week basis than most of the American players. Uh, it becomes you know, really kind of a chore to, uh, to think about or talk about the U.S. men's national team. So um, for me, the thing I may be looking forward to the most, Chris, actually is when the U.S. gets eliminated and then we can just talk about the tournament. Yeah, well, so for me, it's a little bit different context. So what I'm most looking forward to is seeing the U.S. play. I mean, it's been eight years since we've seen them play in a World Cup tournament. Uh, going into this competition, yes, uh, among a lot of people on social media, um, certain U.S. fans are you mean, overhyped, over-exaggerated, and kind of probably thinking that uh, they're going to win the World Cup. But it's 32 teams. It, it's possible that any of them can win it, uh, really, at the end of the day. Um, but it's likely that one of the big teams is going to win it. And the U.S. is not that big team yet. So so for me, I mean, after you mean, what, eight years of frustration of of hype of um low morale and then and then kind of uh high expectations it'll be interesting for me that that's what i'm most looking forward to to seeing is where is this u.s team at i mean what level are they at are they at can they advance from that first group and if they do advance from that first group um how can they do against some of these other countries? So they might face, you know, who knows, Senegal in the second round. And how do they do against African uh, competition, one of the best teams in Africa? So that's what I'm most looking forward to. Um, what I'm least looking forward to is every four years, uh, usually the dinosaurs come out. And the dinosaurs are a lot of the uh, basically professional media uh, in the United States. And oftentimes it's uh, maybe a... A newspaper columnist or if it's a, a local tv uh, broadcaster who never uh, talk about soccer don't even you mean kind of basically say it exists and, and then every four years we have them pop up and, and say some really really dumb things the, the sad thing about this Kartik is in my local area which I'm, I'm not too far from jacksonville florida uh, it's a very big college football town it's a very big nfl town and I've already seen this in two instances, and the World Cup hasn't even started yet. The first instance was the NWSL Championship Final uh, live on CBS, except my local CBS for the first 30 minutes of the game were having uh, basically showing like a local uh, uh, college football show, kind of a post-game from one of the, uh, it might have been, I don't know, UF or something like that. Anyway, so the college football, so we missed the first 30 minutes because of uh, local television coverage about college football and then the second thing is is one of the local reporters uh to me got into a conversation with taylor twelman and the local tv reporter uh said that uh soccer is not even a sport it's on the same level as ping pong (laughs) i i I have to laugh a little bit at this stuff because it's so ridiculous um but anyway that's what i'm least looking forward to is more and more of that. And that's just one city in the United States. We will see a lot more, I'm sure. Because um, these people, I mean, to them, soccer is not in their 
uh, jurisdiction and not even in their thought process at all. And obviously, they have they know nothing about that sport. So that that's what I don't like. Um, but sometimes you just have to laugh it off because of uh, you know how dumb they can be. Now, what about uh, Kartik? We haven't seen any of Fox's coverage yet, of course, of the World Cup. Um, um, I'm sure we both want to go in there with um, open minds. You mean, but but you mean in terms of what you've seen thus far, in terms of the lineups, whether it's uh, the commentators uh, or the studio talent, um, are you confident that this one will be better than than 2018? Uh, not really. I think it'll probably be pretty similar. And, and uh, the relief, uh, I think, for some of us is that the U.S. is playing the second day of the World Cup. So we don't have um, a week full of hype about the U.S. team before they play their first match, which is what uh, ESPN has done in some previous tournaments, by the way. So it's not really a Fox fault. It, it's something that ESPN did most famously in 2006, where we were hearing about the U.S. constantly until the U.S. played in got beat. But um, I, I don't, my expectations are very low. Uh, my, my intention is to uh, watch Fox a little bit for the studio shows. I think contrary to the po- popular opinion among the uh, U.S. men's national team Twittersphere, the same people who uh, you mentioned, they expect the U.S. to win the World Cup, uh, Chris. No, actually they don't. They think the U.S. would win the World Cup if they were coaching the team, right? If random U.S. M&T fan on Twitter that gets 800 likes for some uh, really bad hot take um, were coaching the team, they'd win the World Cup. But because Burhalter is coaching the team, they're going to finish uh, 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 out of the running. So, I am looking forward to kind of Alexi Lalas, who these uh, these same Twitter uh, Twitter people and YouTube people don't like and don't don't rate as an analyst, getting into actual analysis of the U.S. team vis-a-vis the rest of the uh, the field, so to speak. Because Lalas, despite his reputation, I think is very honest about the U.S. men's national team when the time comes to be honest. Yes, he'll build them up in advance, but unlike some of the other studio analysts that we've seen uh, at various networks who cover this national team, he won't pull his punches when they perform poorly or when they, may, when they, when they underwhelm. So um, that I'm looking forward to. I think he, he, he will be an effective check on some of the things we see maybe in, in other parts of the Fox conversation. Yeah, a couple of things on that. The first thing is that uh, I think my theory in terms of Twitter, and and I know you see this more than I do, Kartik, in terms of kind of just uh, just fans going way overboard in terms of uh, you mean thinking that they they know better than Greg Berhalter, that they know which team should be picked and all this stuff. It, is a lot of it, honestly. I, I believe is basically you mean children so you might have 12 or 13 year olds on twitter with an avatar you, you don't know what age they are and they're tweeting about the usmnt and saying okay this and that or doing tons of likes or or you mean I, so i think a lot of that too i mean if i had to if i was 11 or 12 or 13 and i was tweeting out some of my thoughts at that time about soccer uh you mean i'm sure my peers, my adults would probably say like this guy, this guy doesn't know anything. He hasn't, you mean, witnessed, you mean, hasn't had as much experience watching soccer and knowing how this works. And, and you mean kind of U.S.'s place within the world in terms of the kind of the soccer, uh, you mean, top 20 or top 50 teams in the world. That's the, f- the first thing. 
and then um in terms of uh fox's coverage yeah i think it's 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 definitely it in some in some ways it is refreshing to have alexi lanos be honest and, and critical uh except when he gets kind of on the other side the other extreme where he's like rara usa we're the best team in the world why can't we win the world cup and and I mean, I, it's patriotic, definitely, but it definitely seems to be, to me at least, um, insincere or a little bit fake or a little bit kind of playing to the crowd. Um, however, I would say that it was interesting last weekend, I think it was uh, for the NFL coverage over the Veterans Day weekend, is they did a quick, maybe like two-minute promo for Fox's coverage of the World Cup and had Greg Berhalter and Alexi Alalas on set with the with the NFL guys. And what was interesting I thought was that instead of saying okay, hey, come back here uh Monday the 21st, we've got uh USA against Wales in the opening game. No, they they completely skipped that. They didn't even mention that. Come back on uh Black Friday, England against USA. This is going to be the big, biggest game ever. Let's go USA USA. So I, I think in many ways too. I think it's almost like that. It's almost like they they know that there's going to be not that much interest in Wales as a country, and they probably think in their minds that the US will, will storm through, win this game pretty easily, and then we'll set it up then for that England USA game, where most people are going to be off work, most people are going to be home, most people are going to be uh, watching this game, and they're hoping for some, some massive, massive TV numbers. Um, but yeah, there's still that first game against Wales uh, to get past first. All right, Kartik, uh, let's move on. All right, let's get to the heart of uh, this podcast and this World Cup preview, which is talking about the television coverage in more detail. Now, for uh, this is pertains to the United States of America, of course, and uh, all the, the viewing options, uh, depending on which country in the world you're listening to this podcast. And we do have a lot of people listening overseas. Uh, this is not going to apply to you, but, but feel free if you want to uh, find out more details about what we're doing and uh, how this World Cup is going to be covered. On television, it's pretty easily, pretty easy. On the English language side, uh, Fox uh, Sports have the exclusive rights. So games will be on Fox and FS1. The majority of them are, are going to be on Fox uh, over the air network. Uh, on weekends where there is NFL games, uh, FS1 is going to be uh, showing those games. Now on the Spanish side, uh, almost all the games are, go- are going to be on Telemundo which is a, a, another free-to-air, free over-the-air network. Uh, and same, same just like with uh, Fox and FS1, um, any of the games that they can't show on Telemundo are going to be shown on Universo. Now, in terms of coverage, um, Fox is actually showing less games uh, on the Fox network this year than they were in 2018. And again, that's because of those NFL games um, and I think college football maybe too on the weekends. So Telemundo is going to be definitely showing more games uh, in Spanish language um, on television than than Fox is. But, but between those, uh, between Fox, FS1, Telemundo and Universo, if you have access to those uh, those channels, you'll get all the games. Now, 4K, so 4K, I mean, we want to watch soccer in the best way possible, and uh, Fox and FS1 will be showing games in 4K, so if you have, if your carrier uh, broadcasts in 4K and you you have a TV set that can uh, show at 4K, 
that's the way to go. Uh, Telemundo, unfortunately, is not going to be showing games in 4K. And I asked them about this this past week, and they said that the uh, not, it's not going to be 4K, but it's going to be as close to 4K as possible. Uh, it's still going to be a very, very great uh, picture quality. Now, streaming. Streaming is, gets a little bit interesting, too, on this one, is that uh, these games are going to be at 5 a.m., 8 a.m., um, was it uh, 11 a.m. and uh, 2 p.m. And this is all Eastern time. So Monday, obviously seven days a week, but most of those games are going to be during office hours. So if you're like most of us in office hours where we can still watch a game kind of uh, on, a, on a laptop or a phone while we're working, there are many different options. So there's the Fox Sports app. And uh, this one, you have to have authentication. Uh, so you have to have a subscription either through cable or satellite or through a streaming service and subscribe to um, Fox, where you get Fox and, and FS1, uh, to put in your login credentials to be able to uh, watch the games through the Fox Sports app. Now, uh, the other option is on-demand games. So on-demand games, uh, 30 minutes after the games end, they will be available uh, on-demand through Tubi. And that's uh, T-U-B-I. And that is uh, free to watch. And uh, it will have commercials, but the commercials will be before the game starts, halftime, and after the game ends. So it's not going to be during the actual uh, broadcast itself. Kartik, have you had a chance to kind of experiment with Tubi at all? Yeah, these last few months. Yeah, so I think it, with with the European uh, uh, Nations League, I I uh, used Tubi for certain matches, and so what we have with Tubi, um, you have to find the Fox Sports feed on Tubi, the channel. Once you turn that on, you get the games. And my understanding uh, about the World Cup is. Um, that it will be a continuous feed, which is, I mean, that's good and bad, right? One, you have to find it. That's not great. Uh, but, but, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, actually, hey, Kartik. And I was just going to say, because I spoke to 2B yesterday, too, so I wanted to clarify this, too, because I know that that was something that happened in the past. I wanted to find out for the World Cup. Uh, I said said to them, like, hey, hey, I know you have a uh, 24-7 kind of uh, Fox Sports FIFA uh, feed or channel on 2B. That shows highlights and shows you mean clips of this, that, and the other. Um, but if you want to watch a game on demand, is it going to be available on demand, where you can just go in later in that day or later in the evening and click on, say, uh, USA against Wales, and be able to watch that game without having to watch the the virtual channel and hoping that the game starts when you want to watch it? And the answer is is that yeah, you can go in there and you'll find. USA against uh, England, USA against Wales, whatever the game may be, and it'll be on demand right there for you to click on. So that's great. Uh, but the, the positive about that uh, FIFA channel that, they, that they're airing is that unlike Peacock with the Premier League, uh, where you have to exit, well, they'll have like 
the studio show is in between matches, right? Uh, and they'll in the middle of the studio show, suddenly uh, your coverage has ended. That 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 screen of death on Peacock, right, with the with the circles, and your coverage has ended. And then you have to go find the feed for the next match, click on that, and then uh, pick up the studio coverage from there. That's if you watch uh, the in between programming, which I know I, I probably do more of than you do, uh, Chris, in terms of NBC studio programming. But Peacock has been a pain for the Premier League because. Uh, you have to keep changing feeds, right? To keep to to uh, go from the uh, uh, the seven thirty Eastern Time kickoff to the ten o'clock Eastern Time kickoff to the twelve thirty, uh, which is also on NBC, right? You ha- you have to keep changing feeds. The uh, convenience of the two B setup is once you find that feed, that uh, this is assuming you're watching the matches live, right? On demand, as you mentioned, different thing. Um, it's one channel, and you can just keep it running. Right. However, two B is not going to be showing the games live. So anything you see is going to be um, old content, basically. I mean, it might be highlights from the game that just ended, or it might be coverage from the day before. It might be the it might be the full or like the, what they're calling, I guess, condensed. Uh, yeah. uh, like sixty minutes of a, of a ninety minute match, but you could watch basically the whole thing. Yeah. So that's that. So the the tricky part, though, is I know in previous actually 2018 World Cup and, and in previous years, the Fox Sports app itself has been buggy. It's been it's gone through different evolutions. Um, I know I've used it in the past and I haven't used it in a while, but I, have, I haven't had good experiences with it. Um, and again, too, you have to use your ca- cable satellite or streaming logins to be able to actually access it. So it's not going to be completely free um in quotation marks however i mean there are other streaming services available that will broadcast the game so like for example there's fubo tv uh sling blue youtube tv uh vidgo and others where it'll give you access to the fox and fs1 games uh so you can watch them either live or on demand my my recommendation is fubo tv only because you have access to Fox and FS1 and Telemundo and Universo. So you have all four of the uh, channels that are going to be showing the games. Uh, you can record those games. You can watch on different devices. It's not buggy like the Fox Sports app is. Um, Fubo's got a seven-day free trial. But the other thing about this, though, too, is that as this tournament progresses... To, to be able to flip back and forth between FS1 and Telemundo uh, or be, between Fox and Telemundo, I think is vital just because, I mean, after it, this is a long tournament, tournament 64 games. I, I'm sure this, you've had the same thing before in the past, Kartik, where sometimes I, I just get tired of Fox's coverage and I just want a, br- a break or I want to go to Telemundo. And oftentimes, actually, the, 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 the hint on this one, the tip on this one, is that Telemundo oftentimes will be ahead of the Fox Sports' coverage. So, for example, um, I don't know, Gareth Bale scores a, I mean, an amazing goal for, for Wales against England. Uh, and the minute, the second that goal happens... You can have Telemundo and FS1 or Telemundo and Fox side by side on different TV screens. And you'll see sometimes the Gareth Bale goal against England going in, say, 10 seconds before you see it on Fox or FS1. And and that's 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 huge, right? You want to be in the moment. You want to be celebrating. You want to be 
you know, jumping up and down or whoever your team is, whoever scores that goal, what a, you mean, whatever the amazing uh, thing it is. But you don't want to be seeing that instant, that, that live moments 10 seconds later. So that, that's what we've experienced in previous World Cups, um, even going back to the, the ESPN Univision days, where it was the same thing too. Univision would be showing that, that actual goal, say, 10 seconds um, before Fox would actually show it. So that's my recommendation is, is with Fubo, you can pick and choose what you want to see and jump back and forth. Uh, this actually happened in 2014 also between Univision and ESPN. Uh, watching things on U- Univision, you, you tended to see it, at least were, you know, my, on my uh, satellite system, cable system, uh, 10 to 15 seconds before you saw it on ESPN. The other thing, though, too, Kartik, and, and you know this, too, as far as the, the actual passion and, and the noise, and, and oftentimes, I don't know why, but Telemundo and Univision, you mean, yes, it's more passionate in terms of the commentary, but the, the sound sounds better. You hear the, the crowd noise more. Uh, it's not so much drowned out. Uh, it, it is drowned out oftentimes on the Fox broadcasts and uh, on ESPN in previous World Cups too, is the sound always sounds so much better on, on the Spanish language broadcasts. And maybe part of it is the commentary where it is so passionate and, and they're giving it their all. And And even if you don't understand what they're saying, it's incredible just to listen to that just raw passion uh, and then, say, on the English language side, often the style of most American soccer commentators is a goal is scored and then just let it lay. Just just don't say anything for about five to ten seconds. Uh, just complete silence, which is to me is the opposite of what should be happening at that moment when a goal goes in. You go crazy, right? You go, oh, my gosh, this is uh, celebrate the moment of that goal. Don't be quiet and let the crowd noise kind of try to fill that 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 blank space. Um, I mean, if you're in the stadium, yeah. But if, if you're actually broadcasting the game uh, to your nation on television, you know, don't don't put the silence in. Just just go for it. The other thing, the other thing that's interesting about this too. So, that, so we talked about Fox Sports, the app, and then uh, 2B for on demand. Now, the other part of this, which is brand new, which is very, very uh, interesting for cord cutters, especially, is Peacock. So, Peacock has every single game of the World Cup. Uh, the first twelve games that they're showing are going to be free for any P- Peacock subscribers, no matter what level you're at. And then after the twelfth game. Uh, through to the end of the tournament, you have to have Peacock Premium to be able to watch uh, the World Cup. Uh, the price is five bucks a month. So, as far as a deal, you, you can't beat that. Uh, all the games will will be in Spanish. So, going back to talking again about that passion and just that sheer joy of the game, uh, Peacock's definitely something to consider. Uh, in addition to that, too, uh, Telemundo Deportes, their app, is going to be streaming the games, too. But again, with Telemundo Deportes app, I believe you still need to have authentication. So we, whether you subscribe to Telemundo and Universo through cable, satellite, or streaming, you have to use those credentials to log into that. But, but Peacock, certainly a an option. And, and Kartik, going back to what you were saying before, too, I think the Peacock thing where you have to jump from game to game to game... Um, you mean in terms of once the game ends and then you have kind of the in-between coverage on different devices, it still does kind of auto uh, move on to the next thing without having to exit out. So I know, 
I think it's I think it's Roku and Apple TV. I think it works that way, but it doesn't work on every single device. So that that's uh, it doesn't. Yeah, for my Apple TV, it doesn't work that way. Okay, so maybe it's, maybe it's Roku then on that one where it does automatically kind of uh, it, like within ten seconds it kind of moves on auto plays whatever the next uh, seg- life segment is. All right. On streaming content, do we miss anything? Uh, actually, TV streaming in 4K, have we forgotten anything that, that you can think of? No. I mean, I think uh, uh, the thing to, to keep an eye on is for highlights, uh, you're going to have uh, Fox Soccer. Uh, and I believe – I don't know what Telemundo is doing highlights-wise. Maybe you have more information on that. But Fox Soccer is going to be releasing uh, FIFA highlights through the Fox Soccer channel on youtube and then also fifa if you subscribe to fifa uh fifa's uh um youtube channel you'll get highlights that way uh which are are not geoblocked so if you uh subscribe to fox soccer and you're outside the united states you will not see those clips on the fox soccer uh youtube channel what i would say is that this tournament is going to be probably the most accessible world cup ever so most of the games, actually, well, all all the games are going to be on um, free to air uh, television. Um, well, actually, most of the games. So the only games that would not be on free to air would be the ones that in that final day of group stage, where you have uh, a couple games happening at the same time. And so it's, I mean, one of the games will be on Telemundo, the other one will be on Universo. Same thing with uh, Fox and FS1. Uh, one of them will be on Fox, another one on FS1. So that that's that's the only games that that you wouldn't be able to get exclusively on over-the-air television. But streaming, I mean, five bucks a month through Peacock, uh, all the Fubo TV in terms of having all the channels, all the options, all the bells and whistles, uh, Sling, YouTube TV, Fox Sports app, etc., and Tubi. Yeah, the Tubi is a great, great idea too. So you got a lot of different options. Highlights, like you said, Kartik too. I mean, the other part of highlights is that uh, Twitter is going all in on uh, working with Fox to provide a lot of uh, the clips through Twitter. So you'll see a lot of activity on that side. It's it's going to be a lot. What about um, what about coverage, Kartik? So if somebody is listening and they're not happy for for whatever reason with um, Fox's coverage, that their analysis of some of these teams or some of these games where they may be lacking um, in knowledge uh, of specific teams, where would you recommend they go to try to get more insight? Yeah, so there um, are incredible options in terms of UK-based YouTube channels. So obviously, everyone knows Sky Sports and BBC Sport. You can subscribe to whatever is available for global consumption, right? You know, in terms of what's available in the UK, it's different. Uh, well, for the BBC, because they'll have uh, bumper rights. Uh, Sky doesn't, right? So um, they, they, nothing will be geo-blocked from them. Uh, but there are other YouTube channels, like, for example, the Athletics uh, TIFO football channel is going to have um, daily YouTube content with... Uh, I think some really insightful analysis and, t- and tactical analysis if you, if, if you want that stuff uh, and if you feel like you need that stuff because you're not getting it from Fox or wherever in the U.S. So that's TIFO football um, on, on YouTube. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's owned by The Athletic. Uh, uh, so, you know, you might even get a, a deal to subscribe to The Athletic out of it, right? Uh, they, they run promos, and I think they'll probably have a World Cup promo. Uh, there are a number of other YouTube channels that I would recommend that give you kind of deeper dive analysis um, HITC Stevens is another one based out of the UK that's very, uh, um, very, very good at, um, uh, at, at kind of breaking this stuff down and giving some analysis. And then there's obviously the, the, the usual array of podcasts if you want some deeper dive analysis, starting with uh, the Guardian's Football Weekly, which will be Guardian World Cup Daily during the World Cup. Yeah, and in addition to that, so as far as the World Soccer Talk podcast, we're going to do, we're going to see how it goes, right? So it's going to be more focused on the television coverage. Uh, we're going to be talking about it as the the, the t- tournament unfolds. So it might be every few days we might do a podcast. A lot of it depends on what happens with the news and what happens with the coverage. Um, hopefully everything goes to according to plan and there's nothing much to talk about other than the games. And if, if that's the case, we'll talk about the games, uh, which, will be, which will be fine by me. I'm sure there's going to be some, some good games to look forward to coming up soon. Uh, also on the, on the website side at uh, worldsoccertalk.com. Uh, we've hired more than a dozen writers that are going to be covering all of the 32 teams in this World Cup. So we've got daily content there, articles, uh, videos, uh, etc., guides, the schedule, the bracket, the predictor, uh, all the kits, uh, all the information you can possibly need or want, especially in regards to television coverage too. So we've got all those details there. My recommendation in terms of if you are feeling that you're missing out on some of the the kind of the analysis, uh, especially the, the kind of in the moment analysis, is radio. Is, is uh, radio streaming over the internet? Um, I think it, my recommendation would be BBC Radio 5 uh, from the UK. Uh, they're going to be uh, broadcasting, actually streaming most of the games uh, on radio. Uh, if not all the games on radio, actually. Uh, also, Talk Sport is. Talk Sport, I like 
to a certain extent, but I'm not a big fan of their analysis. I think there's a few of their pundits that are really, really poor and really, really weak in terms of uh, understanding the world's game uh, and, and are too uh, English-centric and are too, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Too, too basic in their analysis, like really, really basic analysis. So BBC Radio 5 is definitely something to look look at. Uh, and then SiriusXM FC is going to be um, broadcasting, uh, according to World Soccer Talk, uh, the games on a uh, Fox Sports channel through there, which are going to be most likely to be the uh, the actual television commentary audio feed. Not ideal, but it's better than nothing there. BBC Radio 5, I'm sure, will probably try to geo-block um, some of the coverage um, during the tournament itself. So if you do try listening in and if you do get a message to say that, uh, sorry, but uh, this this coverage is, is blocked in your country, uh, you can always use a, a virtual private network, a, a VPN, uh, to get around that, to listen to their uh, analysis. The other option, too, is actually if you're watching the games, uh, either it's through Telemundo uh, or Fox or Peacock, uh, is to sync up the radio commentary with the TV commentary, so with the TV game itself. So if you're watching a game and the game kicks off on TV and then you have the radio uh, broadcast, the radio commentary synced up at that same time, you can actually you know, watch the pictures, watch the game itself, but then listen to the commentary. And actually, to be honest though, Kartik, I think with Fox's coverage this year of the, and, and featuring the commentators that they have, it's a lot stronger than they've had in previous years. So that's the part I'm not as worried about. The part I'm kind of worried about really is the studio side. Um, you mentioned Lalas. Lalas can be good at times, but uh, outside of Lalas, I, I don't have a lot of confidence. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an open mind and see how they do in terms of their uh, analysis of the game itself. All right. Let's move on to listener mailbag. Um, we've got some feedback about uh, some of our thoughts about the World Cup. And the first one is from uh, Bram Weiser. He says, I don't understand how you can say, as you did in this last episode, that you don't see Fox advertising for the World Cup. How did you con- conclude this? Did you watch any of the World Ser- Series last week? There were several mentions in each telecast about the upcoming World Cup, including a commercial with John Hammer's Santa Claus and several USMNT players that itself has gotten mentioned in mainstream press. There was even an on-screen interstitial blurb about it uh, in each World Series game that showed the trophy in four key players as the announcer mentioned that the tournament started on November 20th. There's been news in mainstream press, as well as a balloon that Fox will have in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, just as the tournament begins, as uh, so as to highlight their coverage. Maybe it's not enough promotion in your eyes, but saying they're just not promoting it to a mainstream audience is simply incorrect. So that one, Bram, on that one, honestly, I didn't watch a minute of the Wool series. Uh, and and this, is, this is an issue with Fox in the past, too, is that when they, it, on Fox, they will they will they will go ahead and advertise or promote uh, the coverage that they'd have. But if I'm not watching Fox Sports and I'm interested in soccer, uh, I'm not going to see those commercials. And I, and yes, I have seen the John Hamm commercials here and there, but not many times at all. So so taking that into account, um, 
I think Fox has, has not really done a good uh, job of promoting this World Cup. I'm not seeing the ads everywhere I go, every, everything I'm watching on television, whatever it may, may be, or going online. I'm not seeing much advertising from Fox. So, yes, if you're watching the World Series or watching another program on Fox Sports, uh, I'm sure you see a lot of advertising outside of Fox Sports. Um, not much at all. Mercator says that uh, the funny thing about bribery is that the point is to make money for the individuals taking the bribes, not the organization. FIFA is an organization that, is tr- that has been tremendously harmed by the current World Cup being in Qatar from a PR perspective and economic. But the people who, who, who were bribed and voted for the charade all made off with the money they, they were expecting. U.S. thankfully went after a few but by and large, those who took uh, Qatar's money and voted for the joke of a tournament are still there at FIFA and their national football federations. The delegation from Mali or, or Oman don't give a damn about football or the World Cup. They are probably uh, on the FA because the, un- the uncle's sister married the king and their only objective is um, – in their role is to make as much money for themselves as possible. This is a voting majority of the FAs in FIFA. It's uh, it's not a competent moral, a morale, or well-run organization. It's a vehicle for prestige and graft for most of the national FAs. If you keep uh, this basic fact in mind, everything FIFA does makes complete sense. And and just to be clear too, these are, these are Mercator's uh, viewpoints, not necessarily mine or or, or Will Soccer Talks. Um, however, it, there is the fact that I mean, in terms of I mean, there's been so many shows that we've seen in the last few weeks, uh, whether it's uh, FIFA Uncovered on Netflix um, or others that have really kind of kind of brought back a lot of the the, the reporting, the information that we knew a few years ago, where. Uh, Qatar officials uh, uh, bribed, according to uh, reports in the Sunday Times and other places, bribed FIFA officials to be able to go ahead and vote for for Qatar instead of um, England um, and the United States. Actually, the United States was was the one that was probably the closest to winning the rights to the 2022 World Cup and not not, uh, Qatar, but Qatar eventually won it, of course. Kartik, have you watched any of the... um of the, the latest uh, documentaries that have been out. Uh, so ESPN had uh, the one with Jeremy Schaff, and then um, and, and then it was the the, the Netflix's uh, FIFA Uncovered. What, what, what's your thoughts in regards to all of this? What what Mercator is bringing up? Well, I, I haven't watched uh, either yet. So, uh, but I do think that uh, uh, it, it's interesting that we now have a lot of scrutiny as the event approaches, rather than. Uh, five, seven, 12 years ago when the World Cup was awarded. I still remember the date. It was early December 2010 when uh, Qatar was awarded um, the World Cup. I do think, uh, obviously, with more focus on the event among casual fans, this is a time for documentaries to air, but I I almost wish that these were just re-airing of documentaries that had been made several years ago, uh, which they're not, right? Uh, The general public and even... Some of the uh, people who follow this closely haven't been exposed to some of the anecdotal stories that I understand are in, uh, particularly the Netflix documentary. I'm not as familiar with the ESPN one, but the Netflix one I, 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 I've been briefed on, even though I haven't actually watched it yet. Uh, I've briefed on what's in there, and a lot of that stuff I just wish had come, come to light 
uh, in the past, but uh, better late than never. And, and, and now maybe people will have a different approach as they, uh, as they begin to watch the tournament. Yeah, yeah. The, the Netflix one definitely seemed to be more of a primer, kind of like, a, hey, if anyone missed uh, all the news that happened 12 years ago, here's exactly what happened. And, and here's the history of FIFA coming up to uh, 2022 and just kind of all of the all the corruption, all of the uh, the issues, embarrassments and everything that have happened. And and this is not the first <laughs> first time that this has happened in a tournament. This has been going on for many many tournaments. You go back to the two thousand and six uh, World Cup when uh, uh, German officials uh, bribed FIFA to to win that World Cup. You go to South Africa in two thousand fourteen. Um, Brazil. I'm sure you didn't hear as much about Brazil. Um, bribing officials to get the World Cup. 2018, Russia getting the World Cup, you mean, just ridiculous. And then 2022, and we know that, you mean, Qatar officials uh, bribed their way to get this World Cup. So you're right, Kartik. I mean, all of these things we've known for many, many years. Um, and the shame of it is that, you mean, it only now is this, you mean, in terms of Netflix doing a series, uh, this should have been done years ago. I mean, um, the book Red Card uh, by the author that goes into a lot of the details, the, the book by uh, David Kahn that goes into a lot of the details. These books were written years ago. So why? I mean, it's, it really kind of seems that the timing of this documentary was like, hey, let's time it to go ahead and release it just a week before the World Cup happens in 2022 when there's nothing you can do other than watch it, you mean learn from it or, or be reminded of all the, all the things that happened. But why this didn't happen years ago is, is, a, is a shame. All right, let's move on to Greg. Greg says, FIFA is not being financially harmed by the event in Qatar. Uh, ticket sales are apparently already at pace with previous years. They have plenty of sponsorships and good revenue projections for the tournament will show a healthy profit for FIFA. Reputationally, yeah, which is tough to do considering how bad the reputation was before this. Infantino does them uh, no PR favors um, from established media, but I think he doesn't care. He's spread cash around like a true a machine politician. Uh, so has most of the Middle East, Africa, and Asia in his back pocket. As he notes, enough to withstand any pushback from Europe or South America. And I think... It, you mean like when I asked in the beginning of this podcast, uh, what are the things we're looking forward to the most and the least? I think one of the other things I'm looking forward to the least is hoping that FIFA doesn't um, cause any more embarrassment. That doesn't make me feel ashamed to be a soccer fan. You mean by doing something stupid, by saying something stupid or, or just making a stupid decision. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, this, the soccer fans are really the most important part of the sport. Without us, this this wouldn't be happening. Um, you mean, the game itself wouldn't be happening. Um, so hopefully they'll make the smart decisions. Um, they haven't done that thus far, but hopefully they'll wise up. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah nor do I. And Chris, uh, real quickly, let me just give a clarification on what you said earlier about uh, Sirius XM. I uh, want to clarify that the matches will actually be on Fox Sports channel on Sirius yep. XM, which is channel 83. Um, yep. and, and I believe there might be some matches uh, that they do on 157, which is Sirius XM FC. But um, I, I'm just recalling that it's actually yep. the, the matches are actually on uh, the Fox Sports channel. 
Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Maybe those overflow games where those those two games happening at once, um, they would have one of the games on the SiriusXM FC channel. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Fox Sports uh, SiriusXM channel will have uh, those games um, on the radio there. But I mean. I mean, I don't know. To me, I, I would go to the source. If you can get BBC Radio 5 and actually have radio commentary with a an actual commentator who's inside the stadium commentating for radio as opposed to television where you're just taking the television audio feed and then trying to listen to that and try without seeing the pictures of the game happening if you're at work or driving and you're trying to imagine what's happening but the TV, bro- the TV commentator's not giving you... I don't know. It, it's just different mediums. So... So I, I would recommend uh, the BBC Radio 5 option if you can, if you are listening to radio. Bundesliga. JP says, uh, that in regards to what we said last week, funny to hear you say Bundesliga got its shot at the Premier League type coverage when they were on Fox, while during all that time you continually criticized how Fox treated them and were glowing about their prospects when going to ESPN+. I do think they... Uh, could gain popularity if someone was dedicated to providing good coverage. CBS with Serie A is the template. All available on streaming, select matches shown on uh, TV, wraparound coverage for many matches. The one thing CBS could add is select matches on over-the-air CBS instead of just CBS Sports Network. But I do think that Serie A's profile has been elevated with CBS. The problem with the Bundesliga and ESPN is that they have so many properties, it, get lo- it gets lost in the shuffle. Serie A saw this too. Right now, they push La Liga mostly, but even that is kind of lost in the shuffle if you're a casual fan. Casual fans are what's needed for other leagues to come close to the Premier League's popularity. But the Premier League, with the common language uh, and in turn media coverage, written or television, that is easily consumed, even if it's from overseas, and will always have the advantage here. So, um, go ahead, Kozik. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I think I agree with a lot of that but I, uh, from JP, but I do think one thing I've noticed now, a year and a half into CBS having the Serie A rights, is that uh, what it's done is it's effectively just given Serie A fans and people who are, who are big uh, proponents of Serie A and Italian football a place where they're seeing a lot more matches and getting a lot better coverage. It hasn't actually, to my, uh, and again, this is a lot, very anecdotal, and, and, it, and we don't know the, the bottom line because CBS Sports Network is not Nielsen rated, but it doesn't feel like Serie A is any more um, in the consciousness of the average U.S. soccer fan than it was before. But I do think that there's been a gravitation of uh, Serie A fans to CBS Sports and people who, quite frankly, Serie A fans are very uh, tribal, a lot of them. They don't watch other leagues. And uh, they've been able to cut the cord on their ESPN Plus subscription. They've never needed Peacock because they don't watch the Premier League. So it's given them a place where they can actually elevate and elevate their voices. But I'm not sure it's actually grown the profile of the league in this country. Maybe it has, but we, we don't know for sure. At least I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's grown it either, but I do think it's given it more prestige or makes it feel more important or gives it gives it the coverage that it deserves. Because, I mean, it, it is a great league. It's got tons of history, fantastic players. Um, I mean, some some really great games to watch and some great skill. It has it has it's a, it's a great home for Serie A, I think, in terms of being on uh, CBS Sports. 
However, <laughs> in terms of what JP was saying, I think with the Bundesliga, to me, the, the what I mean by that when I was saying that um, the Bundesliga got its shot, uh, it did get its shot. I mean, to me, the best opportunity that, that the Bundesliga ever had to go ahead and go head to head with the, with the Premier League and try to maybe close the gap, um, it was when they were on Fox Sports. However, Fox Sports completely screwed it up. I mean, in terms of even just like what? It was about two weeks before the coverage started. There was no details about where the games would be. We were hearing details about uh, from, from my sources that a lot of the games would be on Fox Soccer Plus. A bunch of them would be on FS2. Uh, some of them would be on FS1. And then maybe now and again a game on Fox. But they had a good property. When you think back in hindsight now, Kartik, you think of the players that they had at that time. They had Christian Pulisic, arguably in his prime, I mean, since he's gone to Chelsea, I, I really feel that he's not the same player that he was at uh, Dortmund. You had uh, Erling Haaland. Uh, I mean, arguably again, just like just an incredible player, and, and and so many other teams, so many other players to watch that they could have really pushed if they'd done a, a really good job, just as CBS is doing with Serie A. If if uh, Fox had done something similar with the Bundesliga, got its act together, realized what a uh, a jewel it had it could have closed the gap instead it screwed up the the coverage yes it did show the games um on the different channels but it didn't really seem like a really um well done production of the bundesliga and as a result it went to espn plus and at espn plus you mean it's a lot more accessible it's easier to watch the games um and Yes, now La Liga is kind of the one that's talked about much, much more on ESPN+. Plus. But I think that's really because they spent so much money uh, acquiring the rights to that that they feel that they have to push it more. But um, yeah, I, I think the Bundesliga unfortunately lost out but because of Fox's uh, mistakes. All right, uh, just a couple more comments to go. NWSL, Dave says, great to hear that NWSL is doing well. Good attendance. Good ratings, good product on the field, some cultural not to fix for sure. Hopefully the generation of coaches and owners who are okay with these behaviors continue to age out or otherwise leave the profession. It is enjoyable to watch the continued growth of women's sports generally and NWSL specifically. And then last but not least uh, from Ryan, he talks about... uh, the championship in England. And he says, Ryan Ryan says, watch out for Sunderland when the championship restarts. A healthy Ross Stewart will be a big boost. And we saw how good Sims and Stewart play off each other. Still thinking Sunderland will challenge for a playoff spot. Yeah, Ross Stewart is is fantastic and, and spent a lot of time when I've been on TalkSport uh, speaking about him. Uh, I'm not sure, though, because there just seems to be um, – and I, and I love Tony Mowbray coming in there, and I think that that's really kind of pushed their attack forward. But I'm not sure um, that they quite have what it takes to get into that top six. But uh, they're not going to get relegated, which is good news, and I think next season they can push into that top six. Uh, well, who knows? It might happen this year. The league is so competitive. Uh, the, uh, the clubs you and I root for in the championship, Chris, uh, Swansea, QPR, just outside the top six right now. So... Uh, it's going to be an exciting second half or second portion. I guess it's not second half, second portion of the season 
Um, December 10th, by the way, the championship comes back. So if you're kind of fed up with the World Cup and you don't want to watch the last week or, or you want to watch some other football, the championship is back uh, after um, the quarterfinals of the World Cup, I believe, is when the championship restarts. All right, Kantik, I'm going to ask you one question here too. What do you think the, um, the TV ratings are going to be for the 2022 World Cup? I think that they will be somewhere in between the Russia 2018 ratings on Fox and the Brazil 2014 ratings on ESPN and ABC. So I think um, because the U.S. is in it, you'll have a bigger bump and a little more uh, buzz. Uh, and uh, the times uh, are, are okay. And obviously the U.S. playing, uh, FIFA doing the U.S. a great favor or Fox a great favor by having the U.S. games uh, at all starting at 2 o'clock Eastern time, which, by the way, is a time soccer fans have shown they'll watch games on weekdays. We've seen it on CBS now, CBS over the air with uh, Champions League. I think that puts you in a, in a range where um, maybe the U.S. games get 17, uh, 17 million viewers, something like that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not on uh, the Black Friday one, Will, but maybe not the Monday Wales game or the Iran game. Those are... Um, work days, but uh, yeah, I think it. I think they'll be okay for the U.S. games. I'm not sure they're going to be that great on other matches, and maybe the World Cup final will actually do a lower number than it did uh, the France-Croatia final because of it being in December, congested sports cha- uh, calendar. More importantly, holiday period. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think uh, people watch. Uh, I mean, I guess American football fans watch a lot of sports at this time of year. But um, for me, it's kind of a it's almost a blackout period outside of watching uh, uh, club football from Europe, which I make a priority. But even even that, you know, if I if I miss games, it tends to be in December. So uh, in in the Premier League or the Championship or the Bundesliga or Serie A, it tends to be in December I miss games. So I I think that. It might be uneven. It might be. It will be different than any, any previous World Cup because it's not in the summer, and also you have the factor of the U.S. playing um, during the holidays, during a holiday weekend, which is going to spike uh, on an over-the-air network, which is going to spike the numbers for that. But maybe the timing depresses numbers elsewhere. Yeah, I think um, my personal recommend, um, my personal insight into this is that. Uh, there's not a lot going for it. I mean, so there's not much of a buzz because of the club season ending so late uh, before the tournament starts, um, and and the and the, the timing of these games is not ideal. Uh, also, kind of the conflicts with college football and NFL games on weekends. There's also, of course, the human rights abuses and the controversies about playing it in Qatar. Uh, so you even have soccer fans that are basically boycotting on not uh, planning on watching many of the games. And then you have the question mark about the U.S. squad and, and how well they can do in this tournament. Confidence, I don't think, is that high. I mean, there's a lot of people kind of thinking that the first game is the most important game. If they win that game, then then things are looking up. But if if U.S. loses that first game, um, it could really have a, uh, a negative effect in terms of uh, the number of viewers watching this tournament. So a lot of it comes down to the U.S. I mean, it really does. And um, I think it's going to be very similar to 2018 World Cup. Uh, even without uh, when when the U.S. wasn't in in the tournament, the 2018 World Cup was at least in the summertime when a lot of people are, I mean, either uh, off school, right, uh, off co- out of college, or um, 
if they're working at home or they have a lot more free time. There's not a lot, as many um, conflicts in terms of maybe there's a, you know, I don't know, a baseball game, Major League, Major League Baseball, but that's about it for the, for the most part. So I'm, th- I'm expecting numbers very similar to 2018. The other part of this, too, is that streaming has had such a major impact is that uh, that may it's going to be harder to kind of get figure out what those numbers are to combine them with the TV numbers to come to come up with kind of a final account. So uh, some of the TV numbers might appear to be less. Um, but when you combine it with the TV, with the streaming numbers, uh, actually may be, might be a little bit better. All right, listeners, if you do have any questions for us uh, about anything that we've discussed today or anything in, in regards to uh, television, streaming, radio coverage, etc., um, ways to watch or listen to this beautiful game, uh, let, let us know. We'd love to um, share your uh, feedback and questions uh, on air. There's a few different ways you can reach us. You can, uh, If you want to, you can leave a voicemail. So you just call 561-247-4625 and uh, leave a comment in the voicemail there. Or you can go ahead and uh, post a comment on the website, worldsoccertalk.com. Uh, click on uh, podcasts and then click on the uh, the latest episode and leave your uh, comment in there. Or, of course, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk. Send us a message. Uh, Twitter, we can be reached at, uh, at worldsoccertalk. And then last but not least, uh, through email, which is web at worldsoccertalk.com. Kartik, the hurricane is over. <laughs> the midterms are over. It's funny you mentioned the hurricane is over because in the background I have uh, I have a video playing about uh, about the NHC National Hurricane Center and Hurricane Nicole. So yeah, I guess it's over for everyone but me. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, hurricane season ends when? November 1st? Uh, November November 30th, 30th, but we usually don't get anything after November 1st, which is what made this, uh, especially coming from the East, which made Nicole so rare for those of us living in Florida, uh, a, a sign of the apocalypse, perhaps. Uh, but we survived <laughs> it. You and I are both still here. So That's right. Here. That's right. All right. Well, maybe no more hurricanes. Uh, maybe no more midterms. Well, actually, no, it's still not done yet. Uh, and, and then so most of the politics, most of the hurricanes are out of the way for the most part. Um but it does come back to soccer. So where can people find you on uh, on Twitter or Facebook or other places if they want to uh, uh, interact with you? Yeah, KKFLA737 on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. I just reactivated my account. I'm posting a lot of uh, videos from natural areas around Florida, but we'll be talking World Cup once uh, it rolls around. That's uh, just my name, Carter Krishnire. All right, listeners. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back in a few days about talking about the World Cup and the coverage. Uh, and uh, certainly we'll be bringing a lot of the analysis to you. Kartik, getting ready for the next World Cup. Uh, it's coming in just in a few days. Starts on Sunday, November 20th. Goes through till December 18th. It's going to be uh, 30 days of, of craziness. Uh, what are you going to do? And what should the listeners do? Enjoy your football. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.